Arizona's Desert Diaries. Hello, Arizona calling. This week, I went exploring. Well, as much as you can during a pandemic. Just under an hour north of my house, about halfway between Phoenix and Sedona, just off the I-17 interstate, is a quiet little spot called Badger Springs Trail. No badgers were sighted at any point, just saying. Now, Badger Springs Trail isn't actually a spring at all, but a wash. Now, that's kind of like an inlet that's formed where water runs down to flow into a river or another body after the infrequent but torrential Arizona rainfall. Now, there's always loads of plants around washes. They're like little oases in the desert. And Badger Springs wash was lined with, well, amongst many other plants, huge cottonwood trees. Big part of the Arizona landscape. And it's a rare source of water in the desert as well. So also a really good place to spot animal tracks from all of the various desert mammals that are around. Even when washes are dry and Badger Springs Trail has actually had a little bit of a trickle going on, you shouldn't really walk along them, especially if it's just about to or has just rained, as they are prime areas for flash floods, which can, of course, carry all manner of debris down towards the river. The river in this case is the Agua Fria River or Cold Water River, if you want to translate it from the Spanish. It's about a 120 mile long river which stretches from just north of Prescott in central Arizona couple of hours north of Phoenix, through the Agua Fria National Monument, through Black Canyon, past the aptly named Black Canyon City, and into Lake Pleasant, which is a huge boating and fishing lake about 20 minutes from my house. The Agua Fria National Monument is nearly 75,000 acres of protected land and home to beautiful desert flora and fauna, including the usual shrubs and cacti, of course, as well as the cottonwood trees I mentioned and willow trees as well, which line the riverbed. There's a plethora of animals from leopard frogs and garter snakes and desert tortoise and also loads of mammals like pronghorn mule deer, white-tailed deer, javelina of course and even elk, still spotted around the area at times, black bears and mountain lions. Not usually lucky enough to see one of those but they are around. A really beautiful feature of the Badger Springs Wash Trail in this part of the monument is the petroglyphs you can see really easily from the trail. Native Americans from the Perry Mesa tradition once lived in this area and later on actually the Yavapai Indians also made it their home although they tended to live in smaller groups and moved around a lot more than the people of Perry Mesa. Formed by chipping away at the surface of rocks with a hammer, one site of the petroglyphs, just at the point where the Badger Springs Wash meets the Agua Fria River, depicts really super clear figures of humans and elk and deer and mountain lions and a few abstract symbols as well. As I said, you can see them really, really clearly. Now, no one knows exactly who created these symbols and exactly how long ago they first appeared, but there is speculation, actually, that the site where these petroglyphs are, where the wash meets the Agua Fria River, might have been seen as a place of real significance and special power for some of the people who lived around there. It also might have been a stop on a major travel route between villages as well because of the intersection of the two bodies of water. As I said, not a lot of those around in the desert. In more recent history, William Perry and his family came to the Badger Springs area to establish a camp 
in the 1870s. He also did a bit of gold mining while he was there and hauled ore to the mouth of the Badger Springs Wash at the Aguafria River, where he built a water-powered arastra. Now, after the ore was crushed in the arastra, he then recovered the gold using mercury. Now, you might ask, what the heck's an arastra? It's basically like a stone-lined circular pit. It's got an upright pole in the middle of it and then a large drag stone, which is attached to a chain hanging from a crossbar on top of the central post. Now, this bar was then attached to a mule or a person or powered by water, and it just moved round and around and around, dragging the stone and crushing the ore dumped into the pit of the arastra. Now, when you do this time and time and time again, it creates a really distinctive pattern of grooves on the flat stone slabs. And if you look closely around this area of the Bradger Springs Wash, you can see slabs that still have that pattern. I spent a really happy couple of hours with friends and the big dog out on the trail. The small one had to stay home with the family as she hadn't had all of her injections yet, but we'll definitely be back as the weather gets a bit warmer to enjoy a swim in the river, as some families, braver than me, were already doing. We chatted to other hikers as they passed by and one man in full ranger gear and a cowboy hat, of course, commented, Huh! My friend who's just catching up with me here, she's from the same place as you. She's got the exact same accent that you have. I waited. She arrived. South African. (laughs) She's lived here for more than 20 years and we were chatting about how the English, South African and of course Australian accent just seem to be indistinguishable to a lot of people around this neck of the woods. Now, they're clearly so different to my ears, but then it did take me years to tell the Kiwi and Australian accent apart or the American and Canadian accents as well. I know, I'm sorry if you're a Kiwi or an Aussie or a Canadian listening, but it does take a bit of while. I'm guessing it's the same sort of trick that are played on American ears when it comes to my accent as well. And I'm sure I couldn't pick out, say, a Brazilian accent from a Portuguese one or a Korean from a Vietnamese unless I had a good dollop of education. My husband Dave's got a theory, actually, that the Australian accent is just a Cockney accent spoken by someone squinting in the sun. (laughs) So you imagine it instead of, all right, mate, how's it going? You then just kind of look up a bit screw your face up a bit as if you're squinting against the sun and you get, all right, mate, how's it going? Yeah, he might be onto something, I reckon. Driving home through the Sonoran Desert past Sunset Point and Dead Man's Wash and Rock Springs, there was a toe-curling phone-in on the radio. When has a wild animal come into your house? Yeah, you can tell, can't you? You know where this is going. I do remember doing a similar programme on BBC Radio Manchester about 100 years ago where there were lovely tales of pigeons and mice, the odd fox, I think a hedgehog. This one, whole different world. The stuff of nightmares. A snake who took up home inside someone's spare bed... I mean, literally among the springs in the mattress. Goodness knows how they got in there. They could just hear the rattle. (laughs) All manner of terrifying stories. Possums in bathrooms, javelinas, bobcats, all manner of dreadful spiders. I mean, literally the works. Perhaps my favourite, though, was a man who got home to find his dogs going berserk in his back garden. He walked round the side of his house to see them staring in through the slightly open window. (laughs) to see a raccoon 
that was just casually sitting on his sofa in front of the TV he'd left on. <laughs> that really did tickle me. Our own wild animal, Woodsley the Malamute, is thriving. She has the most chunky legs and enormous paws I've ever seen. She eats like, well, like a Malamute, I guess, and is growing so fast you can almost see her getting bigger if you look long enough. We found out she was born in Missouri, so we've got a Midwestern girl in our house, much to the delight of my Ohio-born friend Jeannie. It has been a complete joy to be greeted like you're the greatest person who's ever existed every time you walk into a room, even if you only left 30 seconds ago. Woodsley's definitely brought a lot of joy into our family this week, even if there have been moments when the cats have been meowing for food, the dogs have been howling, the lizard's been shedding, and even the fish needed cleaning out. And I thought, oh my gosh, this really needs to be the limit now. As my friend Ian said... Your house is turning into a Disney cartoon. (laughs) It really is. It's also a tip, but, you know, meh. No one ever lay on their deathbed, did they, and say, I wish I'd cleaned more. This weekend, Dave is off hiking and wild camping for three days, out on the Arizona Trail with his mate Jason. So I'm home alone with two children, two dogs, two cats, nine fish and a lizard. Please send help. Oh, and whiskey. I'll see you in the desert. (laughs) 